Some of you guys love the word of the Lord. Man, I love God's presence, but I love the word. Let me guys read the word and it's just it's just a life. It's just a life. You can read any other book and it's just a book, man. You read the Bible and it's alive. You know, there's such a powerful thing. All right, well listen, I'm gonna pray. Do we have all music off and all recordings and everything going? All right. I just appreciate if you guys could really agree with me tonight and let's pray over the word of God and really unify together because the last couple of weeks there's been a little bit of resistance. I'd really appreciate your prayers. Now, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and through his blood. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We bless you. We praise you, Lord. You're worthy. But we ask you tonight that over this word, that you would anoint this and, that, and anoint me and speak through me. Your words of life, it'll go out as living seeds of truth sown into good soil, watered by the Spirit of God. Lord, I pray that right now, by your Holy Spirit, every person is going to be hearing this that they'd be good fertile soil that your holy spirit would just captivate us help you uh, help us by the holy spirit to give you our best ear our full attention that our eyes and ears be anointed our hearts and mind are, are good soil lord and these seeds of truth will go into that soil watered by the spirit and take root and grow and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains till jesus comes lord i pray that your word we know it's not going to return void but we ask you to let there be a washing of the water of the word to purify. Let your word be a hammer that breaks down every stronghold. Let your word be a sword that penetrates and cuts through everything and get where it needs to go. Let your word be a shining light of truth that dispels all the darkness, all the lies, all the deception of the enemy and brings revelation and life and truth, Lord. Oh, we commit this unto you. We, we ask you to bless it. Let the winds of your spirit carry this everywhere it's supposed to go and your mighty angels watch over your word. And Jesus said, the birds of the air try to steal the seed. So we agree together that we bind in the name of Jesus anything that would try to hinder this word in any way. We bind you now in Jesus' name and we command you to back off and go now. And Lord, let your angels just clear that out. And this is going to go forth and accomplish what you sent it forth to do. We stand on that promise and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to dive into this tonight. This is part seven on the Doctrines of Demons series. You know, my heart in dealing with these things, last year I preached it, kind of an extended series called Mikdash, which means sanctuary in Hebrew. And my heart behind that was to really see everything purified. You know, God's looking for a very holy pure place for his presence to dwell a lot of people don't understand that they don't understand that the manifest presence of god is not everywhere you know what i'm saying the book of psalms says god's everywhere yeah in that respect but his manifest presence is not everywhere well in the same way in doctrines of demons i know that river of life you feel this way as i do um we don't want any mixture we don't want a bunch of carnality blended in we don't want a bunch of worldliness blended in and we don't want anything demonic blended in we want it to be pure amen we want the word of god to be pure there's not going to be error and then also truth we want to be pure we want the move of the spirit everything to be pure that there's not going to be this intermingling of things so um that's the heart behind this that god that you guys know the word for yourselves but collectively, we deal with things we need to deal with from the pulpit to see things purified, okay, and keep it that way. So please help me guard that. All right, well, tonight I'm going to deal with authority. And um, you can just imagine how popular this will be in American culture, all right? So let's just go ahead and go for it, amen? Well, anyway, um, to talk a little bit about illegitimate authority and ungodly control that'd be something i probably need to mention but let me just kind of give you this quote here we're living in the midst of one of the most dangerous battlefields i mean you guys know we're living in the last days and being that we're living in the last days it's like the enemy knows that his time is short and the forces of hell have really been unleashed y'all understand what i'm saying it's not it's not just church as usual anymore and the the world is changing a lot of things are accelerating we can see end time prophecy unfolding before our eyes 
And this is a, a very dangerous battleground that we're living. And the devil's not playing games. I think that a lot of times church folk that I've known down through the years, um, a lot of them really don't understand spiritual warfare, but real spiritual warfare. Not some of the stuff you hear somebody giving a testimony and, and they had a bad week, you know. And they're like, the devil's been chasing me all week and they had a headache or something. Come on, give me a break. I'm talking about real spiritual warfare where it's, it's um, people have died prematurely. Families have been totally destroyed. Ministries have been destroyed. I'm talking about real warfare, serious stuff. We're living in a time when the devil is really trying to release great warfare. But God has always provided great protection. But we have to take advantage. So let me just read this. There are powerful, warring, fallen angels in the second heaven and militant forces of darkness on the earth below. With that understanding, we need to avail ourselves of the protection that God has provided. So I'm going to deal with this tonight, and I hope everybody really hears this and um, really learns tonight because this is a very important sermon. All right. Now let me read to you 1 Corinthians 11, 3 through 10. Now this is an interesting scripture. And it says, but I want you to understand, verse 3, I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man, man is the head of a woman, and God is the head of Christ. Every man who has something on his head while praying or prophesying disgraces his head. And every woman who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her head. For she is one and the same as the woman whose head is shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, let her also have her hair cut off. But it is a disgraceful, but, I'm sorry, but it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved. Let her cover her head. For a man ought to not have his head covered since he is in the image and the glory of God. But the woman is the glory of man. For man does not originate from woman, but woman from man. Remember how God took Eve out of Adam's rib. And man does not originate from woman, but woman from man. For indeed, man was not created for woman's sake, but woman for the man's sake. Therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Now, that's an important scripture. Because of the angels. Y'all give me your best here tonight. Don't worry about if some things here and there. Don't let any distractions come in. This is something, what I'm preaching tonight, will fly in the face of American culture in a major way so let me read this again therefore the woman ought to have a sign of authority on her head a symbol of authority okay and let me read this above here and then I'm gonna start preaching uh, Christian women need the protection of scriptural authority over them Let me say that one more time. Christian women need the protection of scriptural authority over them, symbolized here by a head covering. Now, Paul was using, back in his day, he was using the culture there to try to give us some kind of a spiritual revelation. But this is just an example of a principle that applies more generally to all Christians, male or female, that there needs to be a covering. And I think as I preach tonight, you're going to understand what I'm saying. So let me say this one more time. Paul was using his culture of that day to help us understand that Christian women need to have a covering over them, a sign of authority on their head, a covering. But this applies also more generally that the bride of Christ the greater body male or female needs a spiritual covering of protection now God has provided that but not everybody takes advantage of it at all so Luke 7 verse 6 do you remember the story when Jesus the centurion came to Jesus and wanted him to heal his sick servant well there's there's some revelation in this 
the centurion replied to Jesus when Jesus was agreeing to go and he said in verse 6 Lord do not trouble yourself further for I am not worthy for you to come under my roof for this reason I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you but just say the word and my servant will be healed what great faith if you just say it it's done right but then the centurion goes on and there's some great revelation here where he says for I am a man under authority and I have authority I have soldiers under me and I say to this one go and he goes etc see what we've got to understand is is that for us to have spiritual authority we have to be under authority no matter how great your anointing is God will never trust authority to, to a rebel he won't in the American culture is unfortunately has been very inundated with rebellion it is much more common that a home the husband would not be the head of the home in our culture which is a blatant disrespect and rebellion against God and his word I mean it is just a blatant rebellion it's very uncommon in our culture sadly and I believe in revival this will help but it's very uncommon for wives by and large to be submissive to their husbands in this culture and it's also sadly uncommon for children to really um, be obedient to parents it seems like rebellion the spirit of rebellion has been so rampant and it I believe it's a sign of the times I believe that it's a last day um, sign of the times that we're living in all right let me go a little bit further here respecting the authority of the local church we could shut that for me please the head of every man is Christ the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God first Corinthians 11 3 and let me say this if our home is not in order and we're not in proper alignment with God's governmental authority we are vulnerable to satanic attack period and it can be very serious you understand when I talk about spiritual warfare I'm talking about real spiritual warfare so I want you to picture for a moment if I could use an analogy let's say that there was a, a very deadly sniper that was up on a hill and he was there to take somebody out and he's a good shot and he's got a you know a very dangerous weapon and he's zeroing in on this individual but this individual has a home there that he can go into this home and it's got like you know eight foot thick walls it's totally covered he's totally protected in that home and so that sniper is frustrated because he cannot hit the target because why because they're covered they're protected but if that individual was to come out from the safety of that home that covering and he was to stand there in front with no covering that sniper could take him out so God has always operated through realms of authority and there has to be a respect for the authority that God has invested in his fivefold ministry in the local church and if we're ever living in a time where I've seen so many people that are just blatantly disrespecting God's house disrespecting leaders they don't want it's in some people um, is it okay I should preach it straight tonight all right I've, I've known several people now I've been pastoring long enough I've known several people that they just float around they don't go anywhere and um, I've heard things like this for example you know one woman said well I'll go where God sends me and that sounds all spiritual but let me just tell you that God didn't say that because God doesn't go against his word and I'll tell you what she's really saying you ready? here's what she's really saying nobody 
is going to tell me what to do. Nobody is going to be over me. I'm not going to submit to anybody. That's what she's really saying. But people, by and large, there's a lot of people that still reverence God's house or reverence authority. They come under authority. But there's a lot of people that have gotten some kind of a rebellious spirit about them. So here's where I think that a lot of the rebellion comes from. Number one would be pride. Most rebellion comes out of pride. Remember, Lucifer was lifted up with pride, and then he rebelled. And it's interesting that pride turned a beautiful angel, Lucifer, into the devil, isn't it? You know, what can it do to us? But anyway, pride causes somebody to feel like that I'm, you know, too smart or, or superior or whatever, but they feel like nobody's going to tell me what to do. The second thing I think is fear. A lot of times there's people out there that for whatever reason, they're afraid. They're afraid that somebody's going to hurt them. They're afraid that somebody will lead them astray. And they live in fear, which the Bible specifically and clearly says God has not given us a spirit of fear. So it's very unscriptural to live in fear. And so fear will cause sometimes people to be rebellious and also to be very controlling but it's rooted in the fear within them. And the third thing I would say is a religious spirit. And let me explain what I mean by that, critical. People, some people have a lot more of a religious spirit about them than what they could ever imagine. And they'll sit back and they're so judgmental and critical of preachers and people that are ministering in churches I've known people, I could tell stories, but I probably won't do a whole lot of that. But I've just seen a lot of unrighteous judgment and criticism. And here's the danger in that. The Bible says with the same measure that you do that, it's going to come back on you. Those are people that are sitting back and so judgmental, critical of churches and leaders. I've seen people, I, there's one individual years ago at a family, they would just float from place to place. They never would stay in one place and come under authority. And they came for a short time, years ago. This is a long time ago. But it didn't take long till, till he started trying to find some kind of criticism. And I started realizing what his problem was. Spiritual pride and judging and criticizing and fault finding. Hello, there's no such thing as a perfect church. You don't got to look far to find some kind of an imperfection. And the very people that are doing that, like you're perfect, man. We're not going to take too long to find something in you. Right? And so what people need to do is they need to worry about the big two-befores that in their own eyes, instead of trying to find some kind of speck in another person's eyes. But it's a religious spirit. It's spiritual pride, and they're so judgmental and critical, and they feel like they're superior. And they'll go from place to place, judging it, leaving, judging it, leaving, judging it, leaving. That's pride. But those three things stuck out to me. Pride, fear, and like a religious spirit. But it causes people to never really be under that covering. If your home's out of order, but also if people are not under the covering of a local church the way they're supposed to be. They're not under a pastor. And let me just say this, and I, I need to take time to explain myself so that I'm not misunderstood. I am not against denominations. I'm not. I'm not an enemy of them. I'm not against them. I don't preach against them. I'm not saying that. But denominations are, though, man-made. And um, I knew from what God's called us to do, my wife and I, I knew that just a denomination by itself wouldn't be enough of a covering. And so I wanted to be under Book of Acts biblical apostolic covering, okay? And I searched that out. But God has placed his fivefold ministry and he's given us a local church and it's a spiritual covering. And people that just refuse to come up under that covering and be protected, um, you know, they're going to be very vulnerable. And as I go through this, I think you'll see where I'm coming from. So realms of authority begin in the home 
and in the local church. The Bible said God gave Jesus to be the head over all things to the church, Ephesians 1.22. We have to be careful to not move in pride and presumption. This is a little mini rabbit trail, but let me say it. It's important that we're hearing from God about what we're doing. People think, well, I'll, I will just go and start a church. They have no idea, if they haven't heard from God, they have no idea what they're doing. Because, listen, you may have all the answers and all that. You may be the smartest guy in the world. But you have no idea the principalities and powers over that region. You better hear from God about going in there. Because they, you're talking about being ineffective. Listen, when God sends people into a region and God actually sends them there, it's because the anointing on their life is diametrically opposed to the prevailing spirit of that region but a lot of times when people are not really welcome with God the way they need to or maybe they went there out of presumption and pride pretty soon they start conforming to the spirit of that region and they're ineffective is this making sense tonight so pretty soon I remember one time there was a church and I man I love this pastor man, he was a great guy and it man they but in this city it's hard to explain, but there was a, such a religious spirit in the realm of praise and worship. It, you couldn't find another church in that city where there was good praise and worship. But in his church, it was explosive. I mean, it was just something. That, the praise, the dance, the shout, it was awesome. And so Satan really targeted that church and sent in a Jezebel. And um, I warned him about her. But anyway, to make a long story short, she destroyed that church. And he had to start from the ground back up again. But see, the enemy wanted to take out that worship. See, that anointing on him and on that church went against that religious spirit in that region. And the devil wanted to do anything he could to destroy that church, to stop that worship, kill it. See what I'm saying? But we better hear from God. You know, if you're going to go, you feel led to go on a mission trip or something, go into another country. I've heard so many stories. People that came back from things and they, they had to get prayer, you know, because they had spiritual problems, things that, that attached to them. See, you're going into realms where the principalities and powers of those nations are not taking it very kindly that you're coming in like that. You better hear from God. And go in there serious, you know. And I, it grieves me because sometimes I see a lot of times that um, our American culture and American Christianity, people just get a group together and it's like they're just going to go have fun or something. And, and it's like a little youth event. They're going to another country. And I'm like, you guys are going in there with the gospel. And this, that area spiritually is kind of dangerous. You need to make sure you're right with God, that you heard from God, you know. I mean, there was a woman of God. I'm not trying to scare anybody because if you've heard from God, you go because you will, you will be victorious. You'll be protected, but you better hear from God. There was a woman that went to a country, an Asian country, and she was a powerful woman of God and came back. And I believe it was Che Han that was ministering to her and telling the story. But she, she had been so oppressed when she got back and they were praying for her and they saw a spirit like a dragon. She had come from those Asian countries, and they broke that offer, and she got delivered of that thing. But see, it tried to come against her because she went in there with the gospel. All right. So Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. You guys are familiar with Ephesians 6? Remember? Put on the full armor of God. And it's, what does it say? Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities and powers, wickedness and heavenlies. All right. So Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 depicts a vast war. A wrestling against dangerous and powerful forces in the second heaven. There are no room, there is no room for lone rangers. If you're going to operate in presumption and pride and you're just doing your own thing and you're totally uncovered, you're not in a good place to go into battle like that. The devil would like to pick you off like a sniper. And I've seen... Sadly, I've seen families and marriages, families that have been destroyed. I'm just trying to be open tonight. Is that okay? I believe that if we're covered, we're covered. And if we're in the center of God's will, you know, and we're doing things biblically, we're protected. 
But let me just tell you that I have seen with my eyes people that have died before their time. The devil attacked them. I've seen it. I could name names and not one or two. I've seen people that the devil attacked their family and ripped it all to pieces. And I've seen ministries and churches, I could name some right now, just off the top of my head, that closed the doors because the devil attacked their church and destroyed it, ripped it to pieces. It's not a game. And I believe that we're living in these latter days and the devil is wanting to, to try everything he can to steal, kill, and destroy. But if we'll be biblical about things and be undercover and be submissive to authority, I believe that there's great protection. One of my, a prayer warrior that I know was telling me she, she happened to be praying for a pastor. And she said that she saw this pastor like in the center of a field, but all around was this really thick hedge all around. That's how God wants us to live. Hedged in, covered. So you got to watch out for lawlessness. Matthew 24, 12. Now, this is what I was getting to. Because remember I kept saying I feel it's a sign of the times that there's so much rebellion. Okay, well... Matthew 24, 12, Jesus Christ said about the last days there would be an increase of lawlessness. What is rebellion? Lawlessness. The rejection of authority is in essence lawlessness and rebellion. And many times, as I already mentioned, they're deeply rooted in pride. And listen, to, let me read Matthew 24, 12 again. Because of an increase of lawlessness... Look at this, the love of many will grow cold. So see, as people began to yield, people began to yield to rebellion, and they begin to allow that rebellion in their life. They're not going to be under authority. They're not going to be where they need to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're rebellious. Then what happens is the devil begins to really attack them, and that fire begins to get snuffed out. I remember we were at a, a revival meeting one time, and it was really powerful, but the leaders had said from the very beginning, they said, we have plenty of people that have badges that we know them, and we want them to pray for you, but we don't want people without badges praying. And we were there with a little group of people, and um, I had a couple people with me, and they were the type that were too nice, kind of passive sometimes. And some guy was going through praying for people who didn't have a badge. He got around the wrong preacher. And I went over there to him and I told and I was right in front of him. I said, they already told us that people without a badge aren't supposed to be praying for people. And that guy was just kind of, oh man, you know. I called him out. And I said, you guys, come on. Don't be letting somebody like that. But you know why? Because God's not going to honor blatant, flat-out rebellion. And that guy is rebelling against leadership. And I promise you, whatever he's functioning under, you don't want it. He might have had a great anointing, but he needs some character development. When you're under authority, then God can entrust you with authority. And I'll say this too. If you're really truly under authority, you're not just going to go in just your anointing alone. You will function under their anointing. I'll tell you a story. Years ago, when I was um, with Brother Steve Hill, and uh, I was one of the ones that was in leadership in different ways under his ministry. There was about three of us that he had prayed over and sent them out. And we were extensions of Heartland. And um, I was doing a lot of street evangelism, etc. Anyway, some people called us. We'll call Brother Steve from another part of the world and said, we're having this big event, big youth thing. And we need, we need you to send some people. And so... Brother Steve got a group of us together, and I, if I remember right, I think there were six of us. And I remember he prayed over us, and listen to what I'm saying. He prayed over us, and after praying over us, he sent us. So we were going under his mantle, under his covering. 
And when we went there, it was really neat. There was all these young people. And to be honest with you, it was a, you could tell that it was a spiritual desert when we got there. And uh, it was a huge tent. I, I would guess, and I, I believe this is conservative, there was probably about 5,000 young people there. But it was a huge tent, and they had this platform. It was an outdoor type event, and um, there was young people everywhere. But it was, it was spiritually dead. And we had a guy with us, and he was leading worship from a guitar. And there was a young lady that had come up, and she probably was like 14 years old, and just as sweet as can be. And she came up, and she was bawling, and she said, while you were up here doing this, and so they gave her the mic, she said, while you guys were up here singing this stuff, you got to understand, at this point, you could tell that this was not a place of revival yet. And this girl was crying, and she said, while you were singing, she said, I saw this vision. And, and she said, there was this big bowl here, and, and, the, and like fire was jumping out on everybody. And then she started bawling and fell down. And when she did that, something, something broke in that place, and the fire of God fell. And um, we, you know, did a little bit more worship. We started praying for people. And there was thousands and thousands of young people all over the ground, everywhere, getting touched by God. But you got to understand, when we went, even though each of us that were going, respectively, have our own anointing, we were not just going in our anointing. We were going under a covering. And we were protected. There's, there was some weird warfare, but we were totally protected. We went in there. We came back out. There was an explosion of revival. Is this making sense tonight? All right. And 1 Corinthians 11.29, remember I read the first part of 1 Corinthians 11 where he's talking about being covered, a woman having a head covering. Now let me just say something about that too. When it's talking about a woman having a sign of authority on her head, I've always contended that there's a special hatred toward women. I, I believe that. And, I, and the reason I believe that is because it's through a woman's womb that life comes. And I believe the devil is the God of death and he hates life. But that's just something I've always felt. It's my personal opinion. But God is wanting that women are protected. And that there's a covering, there's a sign of authority over them to protect them from the devil's attacks, okay? But it was talking about that in the first part of 1 Corinthians 11. And then as you keep reading down, the Apostle Paul starts getting into the communion table. But you have to understand there's a lot of metaphor that's interwoven in this passage, okay? And listen to what he says. He says that people in 1 Corinthians 11, 29, people not rightly discerning the body of the lord he said some of them are sick and weak and dying prematurely now i understand that that's a reference to the communion table and i believe that there is healing in the communion table uh, because we remember the stripes on jesus's back and i understand the reference there okay but i believe there's also a dual meaning and that some people are not rightly discerning the body of the lord let me explain what i mean we all collectively are the body of Christ, but is everybody where they're supposed to be in the body? Is everybody in the right church they're supposed to be? Is everybody under the right covering they're supposed to be? Are they in the center of God's will for their life, or are they not rightly discerning the body? I wonder sometimes when people find a place to go, if they've really heard from God or if they got little kids and they had a good enough puppet show. You hear what I'm saying? Are you hearing from God about where you're supposed to be? Is the covering you're under, is that really a man of God? Is that church a powerful church? Or do they just have good programs that you like? But it says people not rightly discerning the body. Remember the Apostle Paul in the next chapter, he's talking about what the hand cannot say to the eye, I don't need you, we need each other. We all make up a body, but we need to rightly discern that body. Where are you supposed to be? What are you supposed to be doing? 
there's been a, I'm just going to go for it tonight, okay? Just tell it like it is. <laughs> I'm trying to restrain a little bit. But anyway, there's, there's been a few people down through the years that when they connected with us in River of Life, there's a mantle, there's a covering here. And when they connected and they were rightly discerning the body here, they were under authority. Their, their respective ministries were seeing revival. I could tell you stories of on the streets, and I'm thinking of more than one person. There's multiple people. But out on the streets, I mean, they were seeing people healed. They were seeing people delivered. Um, in, in their meetings, they were seeing, like maybe one of them was um, doing something, you know, a distance from here. But they were seeing revival. I mean, it was like a river. Once they connected, there was like a river broke out and was flowing in their ministry. But I'm thinking of three different groups of people that eventually got lifted up with pride, got rebellious, and there was a schism, they left or whatever. And this day, all these years later, none of that is in their ministry. None of it. You got to be careful. See, the thing is, if you're really being led by God about where to go, and you're under that covering, and it's really God that it's time to go, then you're going to be able to come to them and then pray for you and bless you and send you with their blessing to the next place. And you'll go from one healthy covering to the next healthy covering. But when people are lifted up with pride and they rebel and it's a bad thing and they leave the wrong way, they're, uh, they're not covered. They're vulnerable. And that leads me to Isaiah's curse, Isaiah 3.12. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. When I read over this scripture, when I read over this scripture, try to really meditate on this scripture for a minute and think about America's culture. It says here in Isaiah 3.12, O my people, their oppressors are children. And women rule over them. O my people, those who guide you lead you astray and confuse the direction of your paths children are their oppressors if you've been in the public school systems that will make sense to you women rule over them homes that are out of order where you have See, God's order, and I know you know this, but God's order in the home is the husband's the head, then the wife is submitted, then the children are under the parent's authority. That's God's order. But where you have disorder, where children are oppressive, wives are not submitting, now things are out of order, okay? Look at this. It says here that you will be led astray, and your paths will be confused. So what, what I read from this and what I take away from this is this. When there's things that are out of order, there's going to be deception and confusion. And a Jezebel spirit. And let me tell you something. You do not want an influence of a Jezebel spirit. That thing is vicious. But where things are out of order, let me say it again, because I want this to really hit home. When things are out of order, there's deception and there's confusion. And the path that you're supposed to be on is confused and people get out of God's will. You see what I'm saying? Their path is distorted and confused. I'm trying to tell stories tonight because I think it helps people understand what I'm saying. Years ago, there was a, a couple that, that we were working with, and they were connected to the ministry, and they were really being used of God. Let me tell you, they were really being used of the Lord. There was people being saved. There was re revival breaking out in their meetings, and we were covering to them. But things in their own personal home got out of order. And so, unfortunately, they came under a very severe attack severe warfare and it was bad things began to dry up 
And um, when they came to us eventually, after all that, we were counseling them and talking to them. But there was so much deception by this point and so much confusion that the husband, anybody in my shoes would have thought this person developed some kind of mental illness because he made no sense. He was remembering things completely different than they really were. It was like his mind was totally confused. And uh, they had somehow turned this whole thing where it was all my fault. <laughs> we were the bad. It was just weird. And so anyway, needless to say, things you know, parted ways there. But once things got out of order in their life, major deception and major confusion came in. Where does deception and confusion affect you? It's not in your physical body. It's in your mind. And that individual's mind was so confused back then. I pray to God that that is cleared up. But anybody would have thought it was like some kind of mental illness thing. It was so much confusion. But that's what happens when things get out of order, when homes get out of order, when churches get out of order. And a husband cannot tolerate that. He's got to deal with it in a home. And church leadership cannot tolerate it either. Church leadership has got to be willing to deal with it. And I made up my mind a long time ago, I love everybody, but, but the leadership here, we're not being controlled by anybody. So the way that we come under God's protection is going to be when we recognize the authority that God has invested. He's invested it in the home under, under the husband and then the children under the parents. There's a covering. And I'll get into this next week because I want to talk about discernment. And I'll talk about discernment in maybe a way you've never heard it. But see, where there's, this will dovetail into next week, okay? So I'm just going to say this. But where there's a healthy covering, those that are the covering, they seem to have a special wisdom and discernment for those under their authority. It's something that's from God. Like parents... You know, God, if they, especially if they'll pray about it, but parents seem to have a God-given wisdom and discernment and intuition regarding their children. But anyway, that's next week. I'll just throw that out there. So we can move into great protection by aligning ourselves properly. So let me give you four things. I'm going to close out with this. Have you been led by the Spirit of God? where God has called you to be. People that are hearing this, that you're those type of people that stay home and you just want to watch preachers on TV. You're not covered. Those that want to bounce from church to church to church to church, you're not covered. And every time God wants to deal with something in you, you get your little feelings hurt. And you go sit in a corner and suck your thumb and you get all mad and, and you leave offended and you run down to the next church. And then the next time it starts coming up there because that rough edge has not been knocked off yet. And sure enough, it's going to come up there. You do the same thing. If you would stay in one place as long as God has you there, he will knock all those rough edges off you and refine you and change you. And you'll really grow up into maturity. There are some Christians out there that they may be 60, 70 years old. But they're like a little diaper-wearing baby spiritually. They've got their little pacifier. And every time somebody sits in their pew or does something that hurts their little feelings, you know, they're going to go cry about it, get offended. But we need to grow up in the Lord. And growing up in the Lord also has to do with being under authority. I remember hearing Steve Hill. Uh, this really stuck with me. I, you know, I heard him talk about different things about the revival at Brownsville, but I want you all to hear this because this resonated with me. They were asking Steve about the revival. 
after he got touched at holy trinity brompton he was going to different churches and god was moving there but when he went to brownsville god moved in an exceptional way and he stayed and the revival really broke out there for like five years he was there but they were asking him about it and listen to what he said he said well he said pensacola is a military town he said a lot of the people here in the church have either been in the military they have family in the military and it's a military culture and he said military people understand authority they understand being told something yes sir no sir they understand authority they understand realms of authority and he said it was as though when the pastor got up and said this is god we're going for it they were all just yes sir this is god and they moved under authority and he said that that understanding of authority had a lot to do with things there that was interesting of all the things he said we know prayer birth of revival but brother steve understood that authority had a lot to do with it being under authority god's not going to pour out his spirit on a bunch of rebels he's not going to do it did y'all hear that god is not going to pour out his spirit on a bunch of rebels he's going to pour out his spirit on people that understand and respect authority and god has called pastors to be shepherds of sheep not goat herders <laughs> goats are always bucking up against you know what i'm saying goats are always <laughs> rebellious and the thing is that there's some people even though they're christians they still have that goat rebellious nature in them they got a rebellious streak in them but god has called pastors to to shepherd sheep and sheep in the natural i remember seeing this one time that somebody posted maybe on facebook or something but there was all these sheep that had intermingled and there was different shepherds that had this crazy call that they do you know with their voice and the sheep recognized their shepherd's voice and they, even though they were all together they started streaming out to their shepherd and separating and they walked off and followed you know it was really interesting to see that but that's what jesus is the ultimate great shepherd here okay and he says my sheep hear my voice they know my voice but you gotta understand that he's positioned pastors to be shepherds and and people that are really sheep and really called to be there they'll hear the voice of the great shepherd through their shepherd and they'll follow but the goats are always bucking up against it i don't like the color of the carpet they're you know don't get me started all the stupid stuff i've seen and heard and been through and it's i was raised around church man anyway so number one is have you been led by the spirit to be where you are and are you really undercover are you accountable are you under authority are you submitted to the authority there or do you just do your own thing and some people still they go to church every once in a while when they feel like it but they're not under authority the second thing I would say is, have you truly forgiven everybody from your heart? Number three, have you really confessed and repented of your sin? And number four, are you humbly walking in submission to the authority God has in your life? I believe these issues I'm preaching on today are the reason many have gone through extreme difficulties in life that could have been avoided. And the last thing I would just read the scripture Hebrews 13 17 it says obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch over your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not grief for that is unprofitable for you so when people are a bunch of rebels the pastor cannot really shepherd the way he needs to it's a grief it's a difficulty but when people are submissive you know it flows and let me say something too and I, I need to close with this but at the beginning of the sermon I talked about illegitimate authority or ungodly control there is a realm though where it's very important for people that are called in the ministry to hear from God and that you are functioning in the sphere of the authority that God's given you. But there are some people out there 
that may be because of pride but they try to always go outside of their god-given sphere of authority and go beyond that beyond the grace of god and inevitably the grace is not there and so no longer are they really functioning under a god-given authority but now they have to turn to like an oppressive controlling type of authority that's not god is this is this making sense tonight? so there can be an ungodly authority that's controlling and domineering and oppressive and that's not healthy at all so some people sometimes have wandered into some place like that and it's kind of weird there's a weird spirit but let me say this too though that in today's culture a lot of times a lot of people out there will simply view any authority as being oppressive and that's the truth see as long as somebody's coming to you and say can i do this can i do this can, and you say yeah that's fine yeah that's fine do that everything's fine but when they come to you and you tell them something they don't want to hear and you say no you're not going to do that then you're good everybody's going to know are they the type of person that's submissive or are they a rebel because once you say no we're not doing that if they're going to get offended and start bucking up against that and then go out run run the preacher down to other people get other people offended you see what i'm saying that's a rebel that's a rebellious spirit and how many knows that all of us that we've been raised with decent parents learn pretty early on in life we're not going to always get what we want yeah so anyway father i thank you so much for this time i thank you for this word um you know we talk about the sermons we all like to hear the twinkies and the brownies right but this tonight is brussels sprouts and broccoli <laughs> carrots this is good kale yeah this is good stuff that we need but doesn't always taste that good but lord i pray tonight that this will really get in us because we need this we need to be a people under authority help us lord to not conform to the image of this nation the, the stronghold here where every, just about every television show will paint out the husband as being a total idiot the wife always wears the pants the kids are always in chaos and it's it's the culture it's the sign of the times but god that is not your plan that is not your will help us lord to be those that will be under authority have our homes in order and have our ministries in order and things will be right and we'll be covered and protected lord we sincerely pray for that in jesus name amen all right